Welcome to the National Native Network podcast series. Today we're presenting our webinar archive, Great Plains Travel Casinos, and the benefits of reopening smoke-free. To view the webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org, and click the Resources tab and the Webinar Archive tab. Please enjoy our presentation. Good morning and good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for attending our webinar, Great Plains Casinos and the Benefits of Reopening Smoke-Free. Today is August 27th, 2020. I did want to note that there will be no CEUs granted for this webinar. And again, my name is Joshua Hudson, and I'm the Project Director for the National Native Network, which is housed at the Intertribal Council of Michigan. And so for our first part of the presentation, I will be handing it over to Eugene Gallego, who's a program manager for the Great Plains Colorectal Cancer Screening Initiative. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, everyone, for having me and allowing me to open opening with the morning prayer. So I'll go ahead and begin. Tobacco as a medicine. And so with that, 
I would really like to highlight that there's a distinction between traditional tobacco and commercial tobacco. And traditional tobacco is grown with the intention to, for it to be used as a medicine. Uh, as it's an annual plant, you have to plant it every single year. So there's, you know, intention that has to go there. Commercial tobacco is grown by companies and corporations to create cigarettes or other tobacco products. And it's primarily for uh, use by people who are addicted to nicotine. There are other substances and additives that will be added to the commercial tobacco that make it more palatable. It lets you inhale deeper or tastes better. And so uh, key ingredients are things like ammonia. Um, so when you see light cigarettes or cigarettes that are um, easier or better tasting, a lot, of, a lot of times they'll add more ammonia. And so uh, my next bullet point is regional differences, recognizing importance. So as I noted, not every, not every tribe uses traditional tobacco. And even within tribes who use tobacco, there's differences in tobacco that's used. Um, so that could be different plants that are grown. Uh, sometimes it's uh, actual tobacco plants with nicotine in, in it, uh, but like smaller amounts of nicotine. And then there are tribes that use traditional tobacco that have uh, no actual tobacco leaves that have no nicotine in them at all. And so I wanted to highlight that there are regional differences. And for some people, it's using plants that aren't tobacco at all. And so sometimes it's gathering them in the wild or growing them on your own. And I just really want to highlight the importance of language. And so when we're discussing commercial tobacco, it's really important to really highlight that it's commercial tobacco because tobacco in itself is not inherently harmful. Commercial tobacco is harmful because of the methods that they're developed for and how they're used by people. That's what makes them dangerous. And so I have, that's all that I have for traditional tobacco at the moment. And so up next is Clinton Isham. Okay. Hello. Can everyone hear me? Can you hear me, Josh? Yep, I can hear you just fine. All right, thank you. I unmuted myself on my keyboard and just seeing uh, works. Anyways, thank you everybody for uh, being on the webinar today. My name is Clinton Isham. I'm a um, consultant with the American Non-Smokers Rights Foundation. Um, I've been working with ANR collaboratively, co collaboratively um, over the past um, several years actually. And um, my first, uh, kind of job that I used to do before working with ANR was um, helping educate uh, between the differences between commercial tobacco and sacred traditional tobacco. And within that, um, helping develop policies for um, the 11 Wisconsin tribes. Um, so I've been working with ANR for about over a year now, and um, we were so we were developing, we were working on some projects that were um, related to kind of putting out messaging around the benefits of smoke-free casinos. And at that time, um, around last year, August, not 2020 August, but 2019 August, there was around five tribal casinos or five or eight tribal casinos um, throughout the whole United States that were 100% smoke-free. And we had a really good working relationship. Um, we still uh, have a really good working relationship with one of those uh, tribal casinos, which is um, Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. And um, they're actually on their five-year anniversary this year of being 100% smoke-free. 
So um, we've had some experience just at least um, working with these casinos and getting some of the uh, messaging uh, directly from a smoke-free casino and uh, what the financial and health benefits were. Um, when <clears throat> COVID-19 struck um, earlier this year, um, we had a lot of conversations at ANR um, and kind of what is next and what can we do and um, I had some conversations with uh, Bronson Frick, who is um, at American Non-Smokers Rights Foundation about, um, we, we understood that, that tribal casinos were closing because of the virus. And um, we knew that this would be very uh, detrimental uh, financially to tribes because a lot of us, um, I'm, I'm tribal from Lac de Flambeau, um, so, a lot of us, we depend on these tribal casinos to uh, sustain um, us economically. Um, they pay for, um, you know, the, the healthcare, um, they pay for um, the education and different programs in the tribe. So we had a conversation about what, what can we do um, to help casinos at this time while they are closed. And the one thing that we understood was that, um, smoke-free casinos, um, they, they, there's a lot of benefits with smoke-free casinos, both with people's health and financially. And so um, we started gathering that information and we developed some uh, mini videos, which um, we produced, they were about three to five minutes long. And uh, one video was specifically on um, the health benefits of smoke-free casinos and the other video was on the financial benefits of smoke-free casinos. And with the help of um, a bunch of amazing organizations um, such as um, the tobacco um, coalitions throughout Navajo, um, the native, uh, the Keep It Sacred Network with Josh and uh, countless other organizations, we uh, shared these videos on social media as much as possible and exhausted our contacts uh, through email and just uh, tried to get these videos out here out to um, tribal leaders because the message in the videos was um, that you know please reopen or consider reopening your casino smoke free um, and these are the reasons why um, these are the health benefits why these are the um, the you know the financial benefits why and the the, the materials were very um, we tried our best to respect the sovereignty of tribes. We didn't want to say, hey, you need to do this because, you know, it's the right thing or you need to do this or you need to do that. It was very respectful. It was it was just, um, you know, here are the reasons and please consider doing this. Um, after a couple of months um, or a couple of weeks, actually, there were a few casinos um, going smoke-free, tribal casinos uh, that were going smoke-free. A lot of them started in the West Coast, um, Washington and California. So it was very subtle, like one or two. And then like all of a sudden there was like this huge domino effect where like tribal casino after casino after casino was going, uh, reopening smoke free. So it was really like a dream come true. And um, just because we, you know, we've done this work for or such a long time and um, we knew that, um, we knew that tribal leaders were already thinking of of doing this right like they wanted to reopen the, their casinos uh, to to be as safe as possible for their patrons and employees and so um 
we all we did was you know we created just some additional messaging to put out there um, that kind of helped solidify their ideas that they were already having and so um, right now there's over 130 tribal casinos throughout the United States that are 100% smoke free. Um, some of those casinos are, um, they have temporary policies and some of them have permanent policies. Um, I guess where we're at now is we, and why we're having this conversation really um, today on this webinar is we're really just trying to normalize this idea still um, of that we can have smoke-free tribal casinos, that um, it, it is possible, it is, uh, it is normal to, um, to, to you know, go forth with this permanently. And I think we're in that transition period where it's, you know, it's difficult for tribes to um, have these, these policies permanent, so they'll have them temporary and it's difficult for them to speak out openly about these policies right now. So um, I think we are just trying to be as respectful as possible around all of that. And, um, but our message, uh, especially through ANR, is that, um, that we just wanna keep chiming in on the financial benefits and, um, and that people right now, um, the public, they're looking for the safest environments as possible to go to when they leave their homes. You know, we're still in this uh, pandemic. And um, so we're just sharing that message and um, and we're trying to normalize that. Um, the, the idea of casinos <laughs> everywhere being smoke-free, and I think it's happening. There's a lot of organizations that are having more conversations like this. Um, earlier this month, the National Indian Gaming Association, um, they had a webinar titled The New Normal, Smoking in Casinos. So we had a really good conversation on August 5th, just um, talking about some of the casinos that have already done this. And um, there was tribal leaders on uh, that webinar and also uh, tribal gaming leaders on that webinar. Um, who, you know, we're talking about the, the, the benefits of it and the downside, the, the, uh, the financial downside of it. And um, it, it was a really good conversation. Um, if you guys are interested in that, um, maybe we could put it on, we could put the link on uh, a website through um, Josh Hudson. But um, there's just really good information in there about, um, about the new normal, really, and um, kind of the, the period, the, the phase that we're in right now. So again, um, I think the purpose of this webinar is just to um, continue pushing out the message that the public really wants the safest uh, environments as possible. When they go out for entertainment, they, they're, they're gonna want um, you know, clean air where they're going to spend their time and money. And um, we have uh, Brian Christopher on this on this webinar, who's going to talk about, and Brett Carter, who they're going to talk about their experiences in uh, casinos, both tribal and non-tribal throughout the United States, and the preference of what patrons uh, want. Um, and so um, I think that that is, in a nutshell, is our intent of this. And um, we really want people on this call to, um, you know, share the resources we have here and um, to reach out 
to your tribal leaders and to reach out to um, different tribal entities and organizations and really want to try to help share this message that um, this is something that needs to be normalized. This is something that, um, you know, is possible. It's something that works. And, um, and I think if we all work together and uh, really pushing it out there more and more, I really think that, you know, we could have all, you know, 500 plus tribal casinos, 100% smoke free. And um, the last thing I want to say is just really want to commend and um, give thanks to all the tribal leaders um, that have already implemented these policies, whether temporary or permanent. I just really want, um, you know, to, to, to say thank you. And if, if people on this webinar, if you um, are near one of these tribal casinos that are 100% smoke-free, you know, shoot them a message on um, Yelp or Google Review or anything and just, you know, really thank them for that because it's a difficult decision. They're doing something completely different um, that that goes against their norms and um, and we just really need to support those casinos right now as much as possible. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, Clinton. Up next, we have Dr. Patricia S. Henderson, uh, who is Danae. Good morning, everyone. My name is uh, Patricia S. Henderson. And for those that are listening from Navajo Nation or that are Navajo, so greetings, everybody. I'm calling in from here from Rapid City, the great lands of the Lakota people. And I've been working with a lot of um, indigenous tribes from, from uh, Australia and New Zealand. One of the things that I really appreciate about them is just giving land acknowledgement. And um, again, I'm sitting here on the base of the, the Black Hills, the sacred lands of many tribes, including uh, the Lakota people. So I just want to acknowledge that. So we've been doing work in tobacco control, or I have and many of my partners for many years. And one of the areas that we've really focused on both in research as well as advocacy work is the casinos. Um, because I'm Navajo, you know, my work, a lot of my advocacy work has been with the Navajo Nation and we have four casinos on Navajo Nation and over the past how long has it been? <laughs> Probably the last 12 years, we've been advocating for them to go smoke free and working with tribal leadership. And um, and we kind of just kind of came to not a stall, but just like after you do it for so many years, right? You're just kind of like, oh my goodness, like I just need a little bit more help to get this thing going. And then AR just steps forward again with Josh and not with Josh, but Clinton and Shar. And they just ignited that spark that we needed on Navajo Nation. And over the past uh, six months now, we've been working really, really hard, just working with, with them as well as with our coalition down on Navajo Nation to for them to go smoke free. And According to the news, um, and this is the news from the tribal government, um, the nation actually is going to open their doors smoke-free, so which is really, really awesome. But it's just like um, Clinton said, it's just really advocating, whether it's just, you know, um, commenting on their Facebook sites um, or sending them a letter, a postcard, anything 
just to raise interest and if you're interested we can sh certainly share with you some of the tactics that we did with Navajo Nation and um, my, my colleague there on Navajo, um, Herschel Clark, has, has done a really awesome job in getting this going. So, But I'm going to actually talk about COVID and secondhand smoke. So the advocacy, I, I will leave to others that are on this call because I can certainly go on forever about it. So next slide, please. So COVID. Um, you know, we, in our native culture, there's many, many names for it across Indian country. Um, or, you know, COVID-19 as it's called in Navajo Nation. And it's just really impacted um, our communities like, like nothing has in our lifetime. And these are just some of the stats that I was able to find over the past uh, 24 hours. Um, for the Great Plains. And when I say the Great Plains area, these are cases for the, each of the states, so not necessarily cases for the tribes, um, but they're increasing, we know that, um, you know, and if I, if I were just to scan the state of South Dakota, you know, um, for months, you know, the cases were low uh, among the Northern, uh, among the, the Western uh, West River tribes, but they're beginning to peak. And this is a huge, huge concern for us um, that work and partner up with, with these tribes, you know, um, and they've done everything in their power to limit it by, you know, um, cutting down access to getting into these communities to um, really providing the resources that are needed to address this um, pandemic. But at the same time, more is needed. We know that, you know, because of many factors that we can kind of just look around and, and we know because of these factors, poverty, um, uh, multi-generational um, households, you know, access to running water, just everything in, in that manner just uh, exacerbates the conditions for, for, this, for these communities. Next slide, please. So I live in Rapid City, as I said, and um, over <laughs> we were just discussing this right before our call. Um, we had our Sturgis rally um, just a couple of weeks ago, and and it's an event that has taken place for over the last 80 years, and it's always an exciting time to to be a part of it. You know, for some of you have been a part of it, you understand it's it's. A, it's a unique culture, great music. Um, it's really a, a fun enjoyment um, for many people. And um, so it happened again this year. And um, unfortunately, it happened right in the middle of, of uh, the pandemic. And um, so public health officials over here are trying to advocate for you know, the, the things that we know well stop the spread of COVID, but yet probably just a handful. I, I say less than 1% of the bikers were wearing, um, were wearing masks. And this is important for us in Indian country because our reservation borders, several reservation borders, um, these towns, you know, um, Shine River's just down the road, Rosebud's down the road, Oak is down the road, and then we have Rapid City 
Rapid City has one of the largest per capita. It, is, it has actually the largest American Indian population per capita. So we, we have a lot of natives that live here. They go back and forth to their communities on the reservations. So when this event was held, there's a lot of us that were not too happy with it because this impacts us tremendously. And um, it's something that we continue to have to advocate for, especially to our leadership, our governors, our state health um, uh, elected leaders, all the way up to our tribal leaders, then to the president, of course. And so just continue, I, I guess I would advocate, just continue to advocate for stronger policies. I know that CDC just um, downgraded some of the things that they were, that they were promoting and um, which is really, really unfortunate because this, this is a pandemic and it impacts us, us Indians, uh, our tribal communities a lot more. Next slide, please. So when we talk about COVID and smoking, you know, some of the first data that came out was a little bit concerning for me as a public health professional. It was actually a study that came out of France, very small sample size, it basically said that uh, for those that smoke cigarettes, actually um, their rates of, of, of getting COVID and the progression of COVID was less. So if you were a smoker, you were in a good standing with COVID. Well, that was just one study. And since then, multiple studies have shown that there is a strong correlation between the progression of smoking of the progression of COVID and smoking. And um, and we know this now. If I'm not I have not seeing any data that's come out of Indian country yet, um, but I'm hoping that there will be some because there's certainly something going on that is very unique with our tribes, our tribal communities when it comes to COVID. With saying that though, um, there's a lot more work that's being done. Um, just to better understand why this is happening. Um, we know that when somebody smokes, for example, there's a lot of um, interaction going between from your mouth to your fingers, right? So there's a lot of uh, uh, contact and the progression of, of or transmission of the virus is probably more frequent in that way. We don't know but that's what we're hypothesizing and this is very important especially if we're dealing with casinos and smoking in the casinos. Next, next slide, please. So this study actually just came out recently over the last two weeks. Um, some of our colleagues at um, University of uh, San Francisco, University of California, San Francisco, did this study. And I think up to this point, the young people, um, the rates of COVID among young people were very low, but as we know now, more and more young children, uh, young adults are getting COVID, or, and this is a big concern. The data basically shows that if you're the ages between 8, 13, and 24, there's the diagnosis of COVID is five times more than among those who ever use e-cigs seven times more likely if you're a dual user, meaning if you smoke cigarette and, um, and use e-cigarettes, and then almost seven times more if you are a dual user, meaning you're currently using both cigarettes and e-cigs. 
So this is very important for, for us in Indian country because we know that e-cigs are on the rise among our native youth. We also know that there's high rates of smoking among our tribes, our tribal members here in the Northern Plains especially. So the combination of the two as we go into um, establishing policies for, for our um, for our businesses on tribal nation, including the casinos, is really important. Next slide. So this is a, a slide from one of my colleagues that out of uh, Rochester, actually kind of helping you understand. I won't really go into the details of the slide, but it just basically shows like what's happening inside the lung. So as a smoker, you know, we know that when you breathe in the smoke, so, and then it goes into the lungs, it just doesn't stop, right? It just doesn't stop at the lungs. It penetrates every cell of your body, all the way down from your head to your toes. Smoke gets everywhere. But this is just a cross-section of, of the lung, what is happening inside the lung for a non-smoker and a smoker when it comes to COVID. So when you, at the top of the slide, you'll see the uh, ciliaries. These are the, they're, they're like little fingers that kind of are in the upper part of the lungs that basically help trap impurities that are going into the lungs. So if you're a smoker, that area, that, that, that part of your lungs get, gets impaired. And, and as you, and if you do get COVID, what happens now as a smoker is that the, the, the COVID or the virus, the SARS virus actually penetrates deeper into the lung. And this is what that slide is showing is like there's an impairment that has happened if you are a smoker because your lung is already damaged. And probably, you know what, I'm gonna say this, even if you're exposed to high rates of secondhand smoke exposure, this is probably happening as well. So the virus actually penetrates more that they're, this is, they're hypothesizing this because we don't really know it yet. So this is just um, kind of just a better understanding for us to know like what is happening inside our bodies and why, why we get sick more if we are a smoker and if we're exposed to COVID. Next slide, please. So what does this mean for us? You know, why, why is this important as we are talking about COVID, as we're talking about smoking and for our casinos? Basically, I guess the, the primary message that I want to share with you is that if we allow, continue to allow smoking in our casinos, there's just gonna be a lot more illnesses. Um, I know that the casinos right now are setting up um, really important protocols to, to stop COVID. But for example, they're having folks wear masks and they're you know doing a lot more checkpoints, which is really awesome. But if we introduce secondhand smoke exposure and along with COVID, you know, our damage, you know damaged lungs, it's just going to really impact us. Because right now, we we don't know. I mean, it's, we're, we're just six months into the pandemic. And for those that have had COVID, we don't know exactly what has happened to their lungs. Um, 
even if they were asymptomatic, for example, we don't know just the, the extent of the damage that has happened to the lung. So we just have to be very, very, I guess, considerate of, of those individuals as we reopen our casinos. Next slide. So just again, most of you know just what CDC has been, um, I guess their message about secondhand smoke exposure has been since 2006 when the Surgeon General of the United States said no exposure is the best way. Like, um, and we know that there's not one ventilation system in the world that can clear out the toxins that are found in secondhand smoke. In secondhand smoke. We did a study recently among Northern Plains children and found that we, they have high, high concentrations of coating, meaning that they are heavily exposed to secondhand smoke. In addition, we found that many of these children, actually all of, the, all of these kids that were a part of our study, um, have high rates of um, high levels of NNAL. NNAL is a cancer biomarker that is found in cigarettes. And um, this is, of, of course, big concern because it basically shows that the kids here in the Northern Plains, they are under eight years old, are exposed to secondhand smoke. So I, I know that we're talking about casinos, but I really stress like it really starts in the home. So really advocate for smoke-free homes, smoke-free cars, because if we start at that level, then it can go into the other businesses like the casinos. Next slide, please. So this is my last slide. Um, and I just, as, as we're talking about smoke-free policies for our casinos, we also need to consider cessation. It's very, very important. They go hand in hand. And I really would advocate for us to really think about what kind of smoking cessation programs we're gonna have for our, our native communities. We know that drug use throughout the United States, which includes smoking, alcohol, and marijuana have increased. And then the addiction services that are provided have decreased. In addition to this, many of our tribal communities are facing trauma trauma due to COVID, trauma due to suicide completions. So in thinking about this, like how do we how do we help our native populations? And that's a question that we're asking with our organization is to develop a smoking cessation that really addresses trauma. And, and I always tell folks this, there's a reason why people start smoking. I know that it's a norm, sometimes it's a social norm but other times it's due to trauma, you know, whether you've been exposed to trauma that leads to, to smoking or even increasing, increasing your cigarette daily intake. They're, they go hand in hand. So as a scientist, this is something that I'm really beginning to better understand on my end and how to help our tribal communities. So if you want more information, please contact me. I really, really appreciate um, being invited on this important call. And like I said, I'm, I'm more of an advocate. I love talking about smoke-free policies. And I just want to say thank you to 
to um, Great Plains for, for the invitation, then of course to Josh, the network and ANR. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Ness Henderson. So up next we have Mr. Brandon Maui, who is a Standing Rock Tribal Council member uh, to discuss the decision making to go smoke free during the pandemic. So Mr. Maui, if you're, Oh, I think I hear you. Oh, and I see you. Thank yep. you. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, just just to talk a little bit about um, what's going on here on Standing Rock, and especially with the COVID nineteen and the casinos going smoke free. Um, you know, I, I've heard uh, um, the discussion that casinos are the main revenue for a lot of the tribes, and it is for especially here on Standing Rock. Um, you know, deciding to go smoke free um, wasn't wasn't the easiest thing to do. Um, well, it wasn't. It wasn't, and I'll, I'll kind of explain that a little bit um, more. But to talk about uh, COVID nineteen first is it it hit Standing Rock pretty hard, but not as hard um, as as it could have. And I think that the administration here, under Chairman Faith and uh, the Judicial Committee taking action and trying to safeguard the people has has mitigated the um, uh, mass infections, I guess, uh, within Standing Rock. We have, um, when it hit, we began to uh, take action in March by shutting down uh, tribal buildings, implementing the new, um, new uh, codes, um, which, you know, was a uh, curfews, which limited the number of people that would uh, that can gather. I know we wanted to uh, be sure that anything outside of um, the the council here, you know, with the exception of government meetings, um, there weren't to be no types of larger gatherings. So powwows were immediately uh, put on hold for the summer. Um, a lot of the summer spring sports were put on hold. Um, and then ultimately shutting down the casinos, um, the tribal administration building. Um, it, and, and it wasn't an easy thing to do. It was something that we were worried on how it would affect us financially. How, how could we move forward um, and continue to keep in mind that, um, you know, we needed some type of revenue source for the, the service programs, especially with a lot of the people here going, you know, going out of jobs and, and basically everything being put on hold. Um, we, even to today, uh, the casino, uh, the tribal administration building, the, the tribal programs are closed, except for, with the exception of essential workers. So, um, you know, a lot of the so, uh, social service programs still continue to provide that for the people here on Standing Rock, but, you know, we, we encourage, um, calling ahead utilizing more technology if if they have access to that um and and if need be you know we can send people out into the community with a ppe and retrieve whether it's uh, paperwork um uh, get food out there to the people um uh, you know it, it it's not an easy thing especially with the size of standing rock um we so so it wasn't a it wasn't a was not an easy thing. In terms of um, our casinos, you know, we are 
the workforce that we provide between Prairie Nights Casino. And then of course we have Grand River Casino on the South Dakota side of Standing Rock. Um, for those to be put on hold, you know, not only was it scarce for the, um, the revenue that, that could, uh, would, would potentially be impacted, but the jobs, you know, how do we, and you know, in March, we didn't even know, and a lot of us didn't know that whether or not um, the uh, PPP, the payroll protection was even an option. And so when we ultimately decided to, to close the casino doors, um, it was with anticipation that we were, we had enough in a reserve to continue to um, basically allow our employees to be compensated and not have to furlough or release anybody. Um, luckily, you know, we have great managers at both Prairie Nights Casino here in North Dakota side and Grand River that they were, they and their CFOs were able to crunch numbers, figure figure out that, okay, we can maybe pull through. Um, initially, you know, first it was two weeks and then, you know, two weeks had passed, four weeks, we can, we can make this work and then ultimately five or six weeks. And at that point, um, we, we were able to secure the PPP. Um, we were able to comp continue compensating our employees at both casinos and, um, it, it, it was extremely difficult. Um, when we decided to open the doors again in May of uh, this year, it it was slow. It was slow, um, but we brought the staff back in. We had everybody. You know, it didn't matter if you were a car dealer, if you were uh, if you worked on the floor, if you were a bartender, uh, housekeeping, um, if you worked in the office. Uh, for the two weeks when we had brought everybody back, everybody was uh, sanitizing. Everybody was sanitizing every uh, inch of the casinos. Um, they were cleaning out, you know, a lot of food had to be uh, discarded or, or um, you know, we had to get rid of a lot of the food, but more food had to be ordered. Um, that takes about, you know, five to seven days to get that in. And so it was a lot of prep. It was, it was like opening back up again. And during those two weeks, um, we had sat down with the general managers. Um, when I say we, uh, so the tribe, tribal council ultimately has a say over the casinos um, since they're entities of the tribe. But within the tribal council, we have the executive committee, which is uh, two councilmen, uh, myself and councilman Walker, who is uh, from Bearsover, and then uh, the chairman between the three of us uh, we form the executive committee so we make when we can't get tribal council together we'll make um, decisions um, that that are necessary for the casinos and so when we sat down with the uh, general managers one of the things came up was well you know it was if this is something that council wants to do in moving to be smoke free there's no better time to do it than now um, we we're we're cleaning out the duct work. We have, everything's being shampooed down. Um, now's the time, you know, and ultimately we, we agreed um, unanimously with an executive uh, committee that let's do it. Let's, let's pull the trigger and go with it. Um, when in 2016, the casinos had begun to struggle during the no dapple um, our revenues had dropped 
40-50%. And we began between 2017 to 2020, slowly we began to, uh, we, we were back on an upswing. And when, the, when this pandemic hit, um, <laughs> we, we began to decline again. And so, you know, that, that we took that into consideration was it can't, you know, it feels like we're at the rock bottom now. Um, we we can climb out of this, and surprisingly, it's been it's been really really a uh, positive um, with uh, with mandatory mask wearing, with um, constant sanitizing, with uh, you know I, the doctor before we had talked about the effects of uh, COVID and smoking, all of these things. Um, it was it turned out to be a positive thing uh, for us. Um, we have, you know, there's mixed feelings between our, our customers and uh, the people who come uh, drive down from, you know, Bismarck or from Oldbridge. Um, but it, it is something that we, we wanted to uh, be sure that the staff were safe, um, first and foremost, and, and then, of course, the patrons for the, for the casinos. Um, today, we... There, there, there was a little spike uh, within the last few weeks with cases here on Standing Rock. And so we did implement again uh, curfew for the casinos. So the casinos do close, um, you know, from midnight to six or midnight to eight. And it, it's been minimal, the impact, but I can say that um, the revenue is something that we continue to struggle with today. Um, it, we can't, you know, we can't look into a crystal ball and see what, how this is going to play out for the next year or how long this is going to take. Um, our revenue has taken a hit, um, you know, from uh, January compared to this month. I think we are down to only 2% of what we were bringing in for uh, that would fund travel programs. And so, you know, looking forward and trying to uh, crunch numbers, figure out, um, how do we get out of this? Hoping that um, be, remaining positive, and and and, and that's all we can do is continue to move forward. And you know, it's and it's in the safe uh, safety of uh, our citizens around Standing Rock and the patrons and the employees. So, um, I guess that's that's all I have right now. Um, I, I I thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I, I believe that my email was provided on on there. If there are any questions or anything else, I can I can uh, send that out. Maybe that could be sent out, or I'll have the secretary can send that out. Thank you, Councilmember Maui. Um, what we can do is we could create a page with everybody's email, all of the different speakers' emails. Um, so this webinar is being recorded currently, and it will be archived to our website within the next 24 hours. And so we can be sure to um place a resource page with all of the contact information for all the speakers so um that people could contact you if they have questions uh but i would like to thank you so much for giving a deeper perspective of what leadership um, across indian country has had to grapple with thank you so much and so up next is the north dakota smoke-free casino project and that's brought um it will be presented by stephanie jay who is turtle mountain chippewa and so, Stephanie, I'm going to give you keyboard and mouse control, and you'll be able to click through on your own. Okay. 
Can, can you hear me, Josh? I can hear you. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to use the keyboard. <laughs> I see that you're moving the mouse. So you yep. can just click the mouse or you can press the arrows on your keyboard to move through your slides. Okay. okay. Well, I'm clicking on it and it won't move. Hmm. Well, I can. Okay, okay, did you I click that or did I? <laughs> maybe try using your arrows. Okay, let me try again. Thank you. Yep, perfect. Okay, good morning, everyone. My name is Stephanie Jay. I am a health educator for the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, and I am also the North Dakota Smoke Free Casino Project Coordinator. Um, this is our tribal logo, and I um, provided a map for everyone to see where I'm located in North Dakota, very close to the Canadian border. The North Dakota Smoke Free Casino is a partnership. Um, today, I wanted to share that with you. What work is being done in um, North Dakota on smoke free casinos? This project is a tribal state partnership. Um, my partner is probably on the webinar today. It is Ms. Kara Hickel. She is from the North Dakota Department of Health. She is a health communications and equity specialist. And together, we advocate for tribal casinos in North Dakota to go smoke free. The project started in 2014, and our process, um, and this project is also funded by the North Dakota Department of Health. And our project includes three phases, air quality testing, surveys to include casino employees, community at large, and VIP of the casino, and the final phase is reports of findings. Uh, the air quality testing that we did in each of the casinos in North Dakota, I'll, I'll show you a list of those shortly. We used a TSI side, TSI side pack personal aerosol monitor, and that little machine that you see on the side there is used um, to draw air through the device, and it measures the particulate matter in the air. The surveys that uh, we do, I, I have completed one this phase, I should say, with the uh, Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa. Others are pending. And reports have been given to um, on the air quality test results to various groups such as tribal councils, gaming commission, general managers, health committees, and coalitions. And as a tribal member living on a reservation, I do understand that um, the the politics that may be involved with going smoke free. Um, as Mr. Maui had mentioned, casinos are the economic hub in tribal communities. You know, so what one of the things during um, my tenure as the, the Smoke Free Casino Project Coordinator is I would share um, health data with my tribal council, let them know, um, inform them of the lack of funding through the Indian Health Service, the high health disparities in our tribal communities and personal stories from security guards, from casino employees while we were out in the field doing the testing. The tribal nations and casinos involved in our project include the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, which own the Skydancer Hotel and Casino in Belfort, North Dakota, and the Grand Treasure Casino located in Trenton, North Dakota. The Spirit Lake Hotel and Casino is owned and operated by the Spirit Lake Tribe. The Standing Rock Tribe, as Mr. Maui had previously mentioned, is the, they own and operate the Prairie Nights Hotel and Casino and the Grand River Hotel and Casino. 
and the Four Bears Hotel and Casino, owned and operated by the MHA Nation in Newtown, North Dakota, and two other ones that we also did air quality testing for was uh, Dakota Magic Hotel and Casino and the Dakota Connection Casino, and these are owned and operated by the Sisseton Wapitan. Each of these hotels and casinos were tested a minimum of two on two separate dates. Some were tested more by request. Uh, that could have been up to four times being tested since 2014. And tests were conducted at various venues throughout the building that were decided upon by either tribal government or by casino management. Although these casinos are not 100% smoke-free, they have taken a large step in moving in the right direction. The Spirit Lake Casino, we had conducted two air quality tests. Um, presentation was given, I believe, in November or December of 2016 to the Tribal Council, the Gaming Commission, and Legal Council at the Spirit Lake Casino. And in February of 2017, they implemented a smoke-free uh, policy for their gaming floor. They do have a, they do provide a smoke room that is adjacent to the, to the gaming floor. And recently, the Prairie Nights Casino. We have, Kara Hickel and I have uh, conducted three air quality tests in this um, casino, in the Prairie Nights Casino. And I wanted to mention that um, I had been invited down to the, the Standing Rock Nation to meet with the Youth Coalition, and they were very active in promoting smoke-free casino as well. The most recent air quality test results were presented to Tribal Council just this past February, 2020, right, uh, prior to all the casinos being shut down in March. And as Mr. Maui had um, indicated, the, the gaming floor has been, um, re it has reopened the, the Prairie Night Casino smoke-free as of May 2020, as well as the Grand River Casino with the um, gaming floor going smoke-free. I wanted to note that on the previous slide, I had mentioned Forebear. We have done testing at the Four Bears Casino, although the four, that casino for the MHA Nation has had a smoke-free gaming floor since 2012. And as of now, we, we do have more work to do. I do believe that tribal leaders want to provide safe work environments for safe environments for both employees and patrons. Right now, my art casino, the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, the Skydancer Hotel and Casino is still presently closed. The doors closed for that due to COVID in March, uh, mid-March, I believe, 2020. And the Grand, Grand Treasure Casino in Trenton is also closed. And I believe that one's closed in early April. The Dakota Magic Hotel and Casino, I had made a call over there a few days ago and they are reopened. However, they did not reopen smoke-free and the Dakota Connection is also open and it is not smoke-free. And with the COVID-19 and all of the research that is being presented, um, Patricia just presented some really good research on um, the correlation between smokers and COVID-19. Now is the time to reopen smoke-free and the new normal is, is to be smoke-free, it should be smoke-free. In our tribal communities, we see a lot of health disparities and we, re we remind um, our tribal leaders that the rate of smoking right now in North Dakota is 51% for American Indians. 
So to implement smoke-free policies can drive that number down as well as promote uh, work, great work environments, safe work environments. And moving forward, it's important to engage your community and you can do this through um, various ways, surveys, um, you can do it with social media and with coalitions. I've used social media to shout out the casinos that have been have reopened smoke-free and shared the research data behind that. I have um, asked my community members put on a, Facebook is the one that I use the most, put on a Facebook post about um, going smoke-free. Just kind of put out a little snippet or put out an article and from, and, and I do, do not um, engage myself in the conversation, but your community members will start talking about, some will support it, some will not support it, but from the ones that I did share on social media, by the end of the thread, the community members are trying to figure out how to reopen the casino smoke-free or to um, implement a smoke-free policy. And another thing that, another area that is very important for, um, policy work is creating a strong coalition in your tribal communities to identify those worker bees in the community to choose a diverse group that will assist in producing the change that we want to see uh, some of the Turtle mountain coalition members include ihs public health nursing the tribal health education department car seat safety chrs of course we need tribal leadership on there and casino management um, school counselors or social workers substance abuse um, staff and to sit down and make a strategic plan over what it is that you want to change. What's the change that you would like to see um, in your community and make your coalition visible. When you go to uh, do presentations and re uh, present reports to tribal council to bring them along with you and to make some noise. And that's my presentation. I'd like to thank um, the ANR and National Native Reefs uh, and the Great Plains for inviting me to present today. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And um, I know that you have another meeting to get to, so you won't be available later. So here's Stephanie's contact information. And if you have questions for Stephanie, please feel free to reach out to her and email her because she will yes, be unable to yes. answer any questions that you have later today um, at the end of our presentation. Yes, yes, I'm a chair of another work group, so I have to log off. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And so um, one of our last speakers is Brian Christopher and Britt Carter of BC Slots, um, talking about smoke-free casinos and social media. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Christopher. And I'm Britt Carter. Uh, I'm the host of a YouTube channel called Brian Christopher Slots. And uh, what we do is we travel around to casinos all over uh, the US predominantly and uh, play slot machines. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, and what we do is we upload a video every single day of the week on our channel, uh, mainly uh, as social influencers for casinos and slot manufacturers. And uh, we've also found our way into um, promoting smoke-free casinos as well uh, along the way. Um, basically, that started, um, I, I met uh, Bronson with uh, the foundation, I guess it was uh, about three years ago, 
And uh, we had been longing to work together and have started to do, to do that uh, the last few years now. And it's been a really great relationship. And now more than ever, obviously, it's uh, the best time to do that. So I wanted to share a little bit of information about the channel, about our analytics, so you guys know uh, what we are, what kind of audience we have. Uh, currently, we get around 5 million views every single month, and we have 175 million views overall, and we've been online for four years. Uh, we have 1.4 billion impressions, um, and we get about uh, 150 to 200,000 views every single day on the channel, uh, and we have 280,000 people who have uh, actively subscribed to the channel. On top of that, we're on other uh, social media platforms. We have uh, 80,000 on Facebook, another 20,000 on Instagram, and 25,000 that um, go to our newsletter as well. Um, we run uh, bcslots.com as well, which is our website. And on there, we have uh, blogs and other things where we do talk about our trips, uh, including smoke-free initiatives. Uh, and then the breakdown of our audience, we have 32% uh, of our audience is in the uh, 18 to 34 range. 76% um, of the audience is in the USA. Uh, we're fairly even amongst the other ages uh, categories in there. And we skew about 58% male. So pretty, pretty close to being uh, split down the middle. Did you want to speak about um, some other stories and stuff that we have um, on the personal side for us? Yeah, so traveling throughout casinos around the country, we are in them all day long. That's our workplace. And so being around a smoking environment is very difficult for us. Um, I noticed, especially at the beginning of the pandemic and the quarantines, that um, this constant perpetual cough that I had was basically gone after being home and out of that smoke environment um, for a couple months there and it made a huge difference as we started going back and being able to visit more casinos that have been smoke free um, it impacts everything about our day-to-day -day when it comes to how we feel and our health and our energy um, and just being able to be the best we can be throughout the day so it's been great to see the casinos that have made that change um, and it really impacts us quite a bit yeah and i say that we can all pretty well uh uh, agree on the fact that whenever you get home from a smoky casino, the first thing you have to do is rip off those clothes and jump in the shower because <laughs> it's like it's embedded in you everywhere in you. You can't go to bed without having a shower afterwards. Um, and also, I think if you asked most of the smokers um, that do go to the casinos, uh, do you smoke from home? I would guess that most of them don't smoke in their own home, you know, and so the fact that they're allowed to do that in someone else's home where the majority of people there are not smokers, and we'll get to that soon, because I think uh, misconception is majority of uh, gamblers are smokers. Um, you know, it doesn't seem doesn't seem right. So uh, yeah, and I agree with the whole coughing thing. I had a sore, sore throat. I've had a sore throat on and off through the past few years. Uh, and we're in the casino maybe like uh, two or three days uh, a week um, on average. Uh, sometimes less, sometimes more. And I can imagine how it must be for the workers who are the dealers at the tables where smoke is literally being blown in their face nonstop um, every single day, full time. So uh, it definitely affects us uh, negatively. And uh, e even during my live streams on camera, you know, I'll, I'll sit down on a machine. I'm like, oh, let's go to another machine. It's like, I, I, I can't sit there. It's just the smoke is just too, too strong that we do need to move on. Uh, and as I said, we did meet with um, a Bronson with um, Smoke Free Casinos and um, we have done a bunch of initiatives with them, and Brett's going to tell you about a few of those. 
Yeah, so we do um, work with the American Non-Smokers Rights Foundation to visit smoke-free casinos around the country. Recently, we visited um, Saboba, Angel of the Winds, uh, some of the Cherokee casinos, including the Hard Rock in Tulsa. And we're actually currently at the Aqua Caliente casinos in Palm Springs, which have gone smoke-free since reopening. Um, we have been collecting some video testimonials um, from our audience members and also from the marketing manager of the Angel of the Winds, um, was uh, someone we spoke with recently. Um, she was so happy with everything that has happened um, since they went smoke-free. They were one of the very first ones to announce that they were changing that. Um, what she told us in her interview is that people are spending more time here and we're looking at total growth of Carter players that's gone up. We've seen a lot of new players come in and sign up for the Players Club and we think a lot of that's due to going smoke-free. She also mentioned all of our high touch points were cleaned frequently, but going smoke-free has only made it easier with the ash to keep the chairs cleaner, the floors cleaner, the restaurants cleaner. We've recently gone through an expansion and having no smoke helps keep everything new longer and everyone loves that. So it was a big impact for them as they're expanding to be able to um, continue being smoke-free and make sure that they can keep their casino beautiful. Um, we're also partnering with ANR on sponsoring our Rudy's Weekend event coming up. Um, this is going to give a lot of additional exposure to our most diehard fans that um, are helping to share our messages. They're regular gamblers and they're telling their local casinos that they want to play at smoke-free locations. Um, it's been really important to our audience and we've surveyed them recently. We did two phases, first um, with our fan club directly. Those are paying members um, of the Rudies um, who are part of our membership program every month. Um, and then we did a second phase of the survey with our wider audience. And in that survey, um, you know, people generally assume that half or more of gamblers are smokers. But we actually found that only 19.4% of our Rudies are smokers and 20.4% of our general audience. So it's a, a much smaller number than I think most people assume. Um, and we also took a look at our high income gamblers and of our audience members who are at $100,000 um, income or higher, that dropped to 16.9% being smokers. So it, it, it's definitely a much smaller number than I think a lot of people assume. Um, we did find that our audience has an average budget per trip to the casino of um, $1,122. And um, that about 68% of our people visited a casino multiple times per month. Um, and among those people, 96% of them would visit a casino that only had outdoor smoking, including 89% of, of all the smokers. So of the smokers, even nine out of 10 of them really would prefer to be in a smoke-free casino as long as there's an outdoor smoking location for them. Some of the quotes from that survey that I, I'd love to share with you um, is that one person said, we only have one casino in my area, which is smoking. So instead of going there, we save up and take a trip to a non-smoking casino. One person said, they drive past six casinos to go to a smoke-free one. Um, and several mentioned that it affects the amount of time they spend in a casino. One said, I don't mind it, but my wife hates it. She would go with me if it was non-smoking, increasing my time and visits to the casino. And then one of the biggest points that we have really noticed um, and people mentioned was that um, someone said, I will also only go to casinos that require masks, and yet masks are removed to smoke. It just doesn't make any sense. And that's one of the biggest things for us during the virus and the pandemic we've got going on is we know that masks are important and that they're one of the most effective ways to prevent the spread of COVID. And if you take it off to smoke, it kind of defeats the purpose of a mask. And so we are so proud 
and happy to partner with casinos that are smoke free and are really putting everyone's health first um, going forward. Yeah, uh, really great points in there. And, and literally, I, I have a list of another 40 quotes from fans just from the last week and a half on YouTube. Not include, I haven't even looked at the ones on Facebook uh, to include in there. Like people are very happy about this movement and is definitely something they want. And a lot of the positive comments are coming from smokers themselves. A lot of them said, you know, even I don't like going home smelling like an ashtray. And they wouldn't. I mean, who really wants to? I mean, I, I used to be a smoker back in the day as well. I didn't like smelling like it. I don't want to smell it on my fingers or my clothes or anything else uh, on top of that. So um, I think it's, it's a positive for smokers and non-smokers. Uh, to make the casino floor entirely smoke-free. There's no like good enough ventilating system in a casino that will get rid of all the toxins in the air and make it clean for everyone. So, so we are continuing to partner with the American Non-Smokers Rights Foundation and smokefreecasinos.org to visit casinos throughout the country. We want to come to you. We want to help make this successful for you by promoting your locations to our audience and really celebrating the fact that you've made this great decision to be smoke-free and be safe and healthy for everybody. Yeah, and I kind of feel like we're preaching to the choir. You guys, I mean, everybody knows this, right? Everybody knows that smoking is bad for you and, and you shouldn't do it, but... Um, I think the misconception has always been that, you know, gamblers are smokers. They go hand in hand, a cigarette and gambling. And it's, we've proven that from uh, 2,300 respondents that that is just not true. And there was just another recent survey that came out uh, from another uh, source, which also stated, I think on theirs, it was about 75 or 78% uh, preferred non-smoking casinos. Uh, the time is definitely right now. And uh, I'll, I'll close with... Um, I get these emails, uh, I get a lot of emails from casinos, obviously, because I have a player's card with like <laughs> hundreds of them, uh, and I get them every day. And throughout the pandemic, you know, the, uh, the, the tagline is always, your health is important to us. Therefore, you know, we're making masks, masks mandatory and, and we're you know, putting out hand sanitizer. Uh, and and the argument is, well, if it really is, if our health really is important to you, if it, then it always should have been important to you. And, and such uh, smoking should not be allowed in casinos because obviously if my health is important to you, there should be no smoking, period, end point, done, you know. Uh, so that's what we're pushing for. Uh, and it's it's not an attack on smokers whatsoever. I do have a lot of smoking fans and I, I do let them know that it's not I'm not against you. You know, you're allowed. It's your choice to smoke. Um, and that's why I think it's, it's nice if casinos can provide an outdoor uh, smoking patio for them. Many casinos in like in Maryland and other areas have outdoor smoking patios with slot machines that they can still play at, but are not occupied by staff um, and has um, outdoor ventilation, natural ventilation out to the fresh air. Um, and of course, we're open to uh, many questions right now. If you guys want to add those into the chat, we will uh, be here for that. Um, so actually, I have a couple questions directly for you for the BC Slots folks, and then we'll um, open it up more widely. But the first question is, um, are your stats and testimonials available? So I imagine the things that you were just reading, um, are they available on your website or? We, we do have a blog on Brian's website that was posted after the first phase of the um, survey that we did. And we're working with ANR right now to put together a full one sheet that has a lot of those stats, has some quotes included, um, and that should be available in the next probably week or so. Okay. Um, there was another question asking about um, the survey that you conducted. Was it among people visiting casinos? Um, and then it just notes that it's very important because that data is hard to find. 
Of course. So the survey was primarily, the first round was sent out to our fan club members. That means these are people who not only are gamblers and not only enjoy going to casinos, but they love it slots so much that they pay a monthly fee to us to be part of Brian's fan club. Um, so they're very engaged and very active members. Like I said, um, all of them go to casinos regularly and um, almost 70% of them do visit casinos multiple times per month. Um, and then the wider audience that we surveyed, again, is people who do spend time watching slots online um, for a variety of reasons, but generally it's because they, they love gambling. Yeah. And so this is a gambling audience that this was directed at. Yeah, and so to make sure that uh, our numbers were not skewed, because you know there was the worry that, oh, but they're your fans, they're gonna want to give you what you wanna hear. Uh, that's why we separated it out and uh, kept those numbers separate from, the, from our fan club. And everyone else who responded came from two different areas. Number one, from our live streams uh, that we did in our videos, uh, I told everyone to go, to go fill out our survey. Uh, and then the other one was also in articles. We were uh, listed in like a few CDC articles um, and, and places on, on Twitter uh, where we told people to, you know, come join the survey, fill it out for us. And so we don't know, um, like a lot of those people were just from the magazine or the, from the email blast as well. Thank you. And then um, this is just a question that I'm interjecting. So for the people listening, what are some ways that we could become um, accomplices in helping um, spur smoke-free casinos or to at least applaud? I know that it was mentioned before, um, it was Clinton that mentioned, you know, just liking or sharing or um, yelping, uh, you know, Yelp reviews. But is there anything that, um, especially because social media is the realm that you operate in, uh, what roles could all of us play um, to just help support um, this decision making and, you know, moving in a healthy direction for everybody? Yeah, I think what well, Clinton made uh, made a point earlier about, you know, reaching out to the casinos who have made this this choice and thanking them for what they've done. I think it's really important. Uh, when we go to casinos, we fill out comment cards as well and let them know, uh, I had a great stay. I wish it was smoke free. Um, we would have played longer or something like that. Or congratulations on going smoke free. We're very happy for this. Um, and, and for our fans to write it on their social media platforms as well. Um, we, we constantly will be sharing uh, other casinos posts uh, and thanking them for going at smoke-free. Um, and, and also there's a ton of articles right now about uh, how numbers are, 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 are doing in casinos, how, how, how they're, they're doing compared to last year's numbers, right? And surprisingly, a lot of casinos are actually pulling out higher numbers than the previous year. Uh, and now they're only letting in a lesser amount of people and on smoke-free. And I think it's been a big wake-up call to a lot of casinos who have uh, maybe temporarily gone smoke-free to see like, oh, people are actually still coming to the casino. All my staff are actually a lot happier. The staff, the, the patrons are happier. And literally, if you go to the, I've been to uh, many smoke-free ones. If you go to their smoking patios, there's not a lot of people out there smoking. You know, it's, and it, it shows you that um, I think there's a lot more non-smokers than than they realize. Um, and I, th I think just, uh, yeah, reaching out to them on social, especially, uh, is a great way to do it. And, and, and having us come to their casinos and also promoting the fact that that casino has gone smoke-free, we'll, we'll let our audience know, uh, oh, we can go to that casino instead. And we've had that happen <laughs> a few times in, the, in, in our live stream. Someone's come up to me during a live stream, been like, hey, Brian, I was just out at such and such casino. I heard you're at this one. We just drove over here instead. Oh my gosh, it's smoke free here. It's amazing. And we love this casino now. And now we're going to start coming here. Like we've got that many times, believe it or not. 
I think you saw from um, Angel the Winds, they mentioned that their new card signups are, are up, it's increasing, and they're bringing in a younger demographic. And I think that's because um, there are a lot of people who would go out and gamble if they could be in a smoke-free environment, who would spend more time at a casino and be more loyal to a casino if they were more comfortable and not have been smoking. And one of the other big things I thought was really um, important and, and telling to me was that San Manuel, one of our casinos here that we um, visit fairly regularly, when they initially reopened, they um, did not change any of their policies regarding smoking. And about two weeks after, they went completely smoke-free. And I think that, you know, we all know that, that um, masks are important, so I don't think that was new information. I, I think they really got a lot of feedback from their um, guests that they wanted a safer environment and they wanted that smoke-free environment. And so they made that decision to change over to smoke-free. And I think that it's been very successful for everybody that we've visited who has uh, made that change. All right. Thank you, Brian and Britt. Um, I did have a question that I wanted to um, toss it over to Clinton. He wanted to ask something of um, Councilmember Maui. Hi. Um, well, first, uh, thank you, Britt and Brian. I think I could speak for every single Native auntie and grandma that you you guys have the most awesome job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love watching your videos and I know my mom loves watching your guys' videos too. Um, the so question I had, <laughs> the question I had for um, the tribal uh, leader from Standing Rock was that um, I think we're always looking for ways to support tribal casinos and um, uh, tribes in general, especially now. And um, sometimes we don't, have a lot of communication with tribes directly on how or like the best ways to support tribes um, and sometimes we do but my question is um, what is your advice or suggestion to organizations um, public health organizations and advocacy organizations like ANR um, you know what are the best ways that we could support um the tribal casino and um tribes right now during this time mr maui if you are speaking you're probably muted we're not able to hear you at the moment oh it looks like you might have gotten disconnected yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Josh. I think he had to also jump okay. off a little early. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so Brian and Britt will toss it back to you for some more questions. Okay, great. Happy to hear any questions that people might have. Um, so there is a question. Have you visited or will plan? Will you plan to visit any casinos in New Mexico or Arizona? We would love to. Brian actually just visited Arizona casinos for the very first time. Um, back in May, um, and we do have a great audience in that area that we'd love to really expand and do more. Because it was so early after the quarantines and everything, we weren't able to host any events or really encourage our audience to come out and join us at that casino. So as um, you know, we're able to do more of that, we would love to get back into that area. But we, we need permission to film. You know, most casinos don't allow filming typically, and so we need to, to work with the casino. So please reach out to us, we'd love to. 
We have a ton of requests from fans about New Mexico. I don't have any contacts there yet. So if you want to let us know because <laughs> our fans are dying for us to get over for sure. Well, uh, the person who asked the question, um, I imagine he has some good contacts. So um, <laughs> I, we'll be sure to include your email, uh, you know, Britt and Brian in the uh, one pager that's going to have the contact information. So awesome. yeah, we also have a, there's a contact page on bcslots.com as well. Yes. Um, I'm typing out a response really quickly. You said bcslots.com? Yes. Yes, right. It's on my shirt, if you can see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another question, and I don't think this is specifically just for um, Britt and Brian, but it's asking if the smoke-free initiatives, if they include vaping in the policies. And I think that generally it depends on each, because each policy will determine on whether or not um, e-cigarettes or vaping is included. But if you had anything that you wanted to add, Brian or Britt, We've been to uh, 21 casinos since they've reopened so far, uh, and all the ones that were non-smoking included vaping as well. I think part of that is taking off the mask. That's a big reason why um, we're going non-smoking right now is keeping masks on, and so that would include um, vaping and e-cigarettes. All right. Um, so there was another question too about the survey that you did, did you ask demographic questions of people who were responding to your survey, your surveys? We do have some information as far as like um, gender and household income um, and a little bit about that. Um, okay. But if there's no specific um, questions they have, they can certainly um, reach out to us. We can get that info if we have it. Okay. Um, and then another question for Ryan and Britt. Uh, do you guys look on the NIGA website, the National Indian Gaming Association website? I have. Just in general? <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, we were planning on attending NIGA this year um, before things changed. Um, so it's definitely something that we're, we're keeping an eye on for sure. Okay. Um, so I think that this is a, uh, a broader question. This is more of like a public health question. So um, it's just asking, thank you to all the speakers. Do you have any advice for state health departments on how to work uh, and how to support your work? So um, I'm opening it up to all of our presenters. And if you're speaking at this moment, we can't hear you. Can you repeat the question, Josh? Um, so it was just uh, thinking for all the speakers and then asking if there's any advice for state health departments on how to support um, this work. Josh, this is Patricia. Um, what we've done in this, uh, with Navajo Nation is we have a little bit of funding coming from the state of Arizona to support our efforts. And they've been very, very supportive in what we're doing, particularly just um, going online and um, creating actually a face page, Facebook page to really um, advocate for smoke free uh, casinos. So in that way, they, they've been really good. I guess what I would do for tribes here in the Northern Plains is just reaching out to them with um, 
with everything that's happened in, during the pandemic, I'm sure they have a little bit of funding available for them to for them to chip in <laughs> to to uh, to your efforts. And then also ANR. ANR is a great resource. I'm not sure if Shar is still on the line, and of course uh, Clinton. But there's funding available through ANR if you're wanting to create a um, smoke-free policy for your communities, which includes casinos. So I guess those are the two resources that I can think of right now. Um, this is Clinton. Um, I've worked a lot with the state of Wisconsin um, in my uh, other job that I've had and <clears throat> led a native tobacco prevention um, state coalition as well but i think from my experience the one thing i would suggest for states is to try to be as flexible as possible with funding um tribal entities or tribes or um you know tribal coalitions in your state now i know um you know the funding that you guys get um there are a lot of like rules and restrictions to it um but i think the the way that tribes operate is is uh is very unique and um it, and especially with you know the types of tobacco policies that you know a specific tribe would want to um engage in with the community so my uh you know my biggest suggestion is that um just try to be as flexible and as possible and, and open-minded as possible and um to, you know to to learn as much as possible uh when working with tribes um and um yeah just be open-minded about it and you know if the funds that you have are are um you know they, they can be uh used for you know whatever purposes and they are not flexible then you know look for other types of funding that you can offer that are less restrictive i think you know that's one of the biggest things that um i would um, suggest. This is Josh. I wanted to chime in. So this is um, kind of the the work that the NNN does, but I really wanted to make sure that I'm centering other people's voices. Uh, but the network we provide training and technical assistance. We receive funding from the CDC specifically to complete this work. Um, you know, so asking for advice on how state health departments can help support. Um, the work, you know, generally it's about building a relationship and rapport with um, tribal communities, tribal agencies, and urban Indian communities and agencies. Um, it's very important to take note of how many tribes you have in your state, both federally recognized and state recognized. And then also if, if and where your urban Indian communities are, and you may have multiple urban Indian communities that have been established, and sometimes it's informal and sometimes it's very formal. There could be established nonprofits, or sometimes it's just a, you know a meeting group of people. It really just depends on where you are and the um, the questions that you're asking. But in terms of you know helping support uh, smoke-free casinos work, really establishing and building relationships is really important. Uh, to make sure that you can work in a quality way with uh, the tribal community. Um, and I know that it's really easy to get caught up in the work plan and the, uh, you know, objectives and the goals. But I think, you know, when you approach, especially as a member of a state health department, 
the you know one of the larger overarching concerns that you should have is what does this community need and what what supports do they need uh, because most communities understand what their problems are uh, what their ailments are and how to heal them uh, it's just that typically resources are lacking and so um, you know, and when we talk about things like, uh, I know Dr. Don Warren, who is, uh, you know, a very well-renowned um, American Indian physician, he, so there's a big press on evidence-based practices, and some of this, you know, many states have um, ties to funding structures and funding um, opportunities with evidence-based practices, but the problem is, is that there's not a lot of infrastructure in Indian country to be able to pay for evidence-based practices to um, be researched and published. And so uh, I really wanna highlight that the state of Oregon actually, through their legislature, uh, recognizes uh, American Indian culture as an evidence-based practice. So uh, say you're doing a youth uh, prevention program on smoking prevention. And it's uh, rooted in, a, it's, it's a curriculum rooted in American Indian culture. For all intents and purposes, the state of Oregon views that as evidence-based practice implementation, um, which is just so cutting edge, that's so cool. So that's, that's another option that as someone from a state health department, you can really, you know, I know, I know that there's definitely demarcations between people working for the state and people who legislate for the state. But if there are questions from legislators, you can provide information and say like, well, in Oregon, they did this. Or, you know, it's um, something that could be brought up during tribal consultations. You know, these are, uh, if we want to improve our relationships, we have to work really hard. And I know that policy work is very, very difficult. Um, you know, but if, if there is a serious interest in helping tribal communities improve health disparities, uh, you know, a lot of work's going to have to be done and it's not going to be able to just all be the tribal employees who are doing the work. You know, it's going to have to take everybody jumping on and really helping out. So I really want to highlight the state of Oregon, um, you know, or trying to find those ways in the in-between too of what are ways that we can try and help mitigate some of the red tape that's here. Not um, not go around it. I'm not advocating for anyone to do anything illegal, um, but finding the you know the workarounds for um, how to get things done appropriately and most efficiently and effectively. Because the thing that I really want to highlight is many of the tribal employees, especially in tribal health programs, are wearing multiple hats. Right. So it could be a community health worker who uh, transports and does case management, and you know they could also be a court-appointed special advocate or a foster parent in the evening. So like there's people who wear multiple hats, sometimes within their job and sometimes just within their lives. So uh, really approaching it with that um, same sense of uh, understanding that your project that you want to help them with is not the most you know overriding concern that they have. So you know finding the ways that you can work with them appropriately and effectively. Um, there is another question asking if anyone uses the American Indian Adult Tobacco Survey or the AIATS. Um, so this is, again, Josh from the network. Uh, I haven't used the AIATS because I, um, I don't work directly with um, individuals. I work with programs, so I work at the programmatic level. But the CDC recently revamped the American Indian Adult Tobacco Survey and that is available on their website. And I know that the agency that I work at, the Intertribal Council of Michigan, has used the AIATS, and we even adapted the AIATS to ask broader health questions, not simply just uh, tobacco questions, 
to, um, and so we really, we frame it as the American Indian Adult Health Survey, just, um, and we just implemented some BRFIS or the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System uh, question modules, like the modules um, for things like cancer or, you know, activity. So I think that's about it for the questions. Um, thank you everybody for dialing in today. I'm so glad that you were able to join. It was really great um, having everyone here. Thank you to all the speakers. We had quite a few speakers and we got it all done in time. So thank you everybody for attending today. Um, the recording will be available within the next 24 hours on our website, which is www.keepitsacred.org. And we will include links to um, all of our um, appropriate um, organizations and speakers. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day and a great weekend. To view the full webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org, and click the Resources tab and the Webinar Archive tab. Thank you for listening to this Webinar Archive presentation from the National Native Network.